Java Unscripted is a podcast made by people from all walks of life on their developmental journey to develop. We will celebrate W's, talk through L's, interview friends, and if there's time, talk a little tech. We focus on the journey, not the destination, and hopefully try to catch any errors along the way. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Java Unscripted. On today's episode, we have a very, very special guest of ours, Reed Klarsfeld, a senior software engineer at Codesmith and our personal lead engineering instructor. I am joined today by my other hosts, Eric and Sam. And of course, I am Charlie. And Reed, we want to start you off, man. So give us a little brief intro on yourself and then we'll get into it. Sure. Well, firstly, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, if there was a way to wrap me up in in six words and what I do, you, you already did it. But yeah, I am a senior software engineer at Codesmith. I am also very lucky enough to be the lead engineering instructor for the part-time remote immersive program at Codesmith. So, you know, I get to kind of wear two hats. One of which is, you know, coding and making engineering decisions and continuing to build out the Codesmith code base. And the other is teaching others how to do that. So, you know, that's a little bit about me, at least in what I do professionally. And uh, yeah, excited to, you know, talk more about that and, and talk with you guys. Yeah, man, we're super stoked to have you. And it's really impressive that you get to wear both of those hats, you know, at the same time for one place. So that's really impressive. Um, and yeah, everybody not, at home, tough juggle. Yeah, that's definitely yeah, a tough I, juggle. <laughs> I can imagine. And uh, everybody at home, we just want to let you know that today's topic, we're going to be discussing leadership, motivation, and it's all going to revolve around the realm of software engineering, software development. And again, if you are familiar with our podcast, you know that we're not going to dive too deep into the technical stuff. We're really going to talk about the stuff that's very interpersonal here on Java Unscripted, as we always do. So. One of the first questions that we have up that we're going to ask to read, and then we're going to kind of pass it off in our round robin fashion like we usually do to the group, is what are some qualities that you feel make a good leader in tech or a good leader in general? It's a great question. It's a great question. You know, <clears throat> it, it's been interesting, uh, kind of my career. Um, so just, again, a little bit more about me before uh, Codesmith. I had a completely non-technical background. Um, and so I used to work in the entertainment industry in LA, which was, you know, a grind. I know Sam knows about that. Oh yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, and, and, you know, I wasn't always, you know, I started at the bottom, you know, I started very much at the bottom, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, over time built my way up in that industry decided at, at some point I wanted to switch into software engineering and started all at the bottom again. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one thing I've noticed that regardless of the industry you're in, um, qualities of a good leader are, you know, setting the tone, setting the example and genuinely believing in in the mission you are delivering and in, and in the people you are leading. Mm. Um, so, you know, whether that's anywhere from something as small as, you know, let's sign an actor or let's finish this one area of a code base to let's completely redesign what we're doing here. Let's completely, you know, 
redesign how people are living their lives and reshaping their lives and their goals. So I think at the mm-hmm. end of the day, if a good leader, when they preach to the people they're leading, they got to believe what they're saying and they got to really mean that because I think mm-hmm. a lot of people can smell when that's not authentic. Yeah. And so I think that's a, a, a big area of, of being a leader. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. Nice, man. What? Uh, anybody else want to share some th- thoughts there before I jump in? No, I, uh, I think that was really polite of you. And thank you so much for describing exactly all the qualities that I possess. <laughs> I'm just trying to be a little humble here. But, um, but tell us, I guess, tell us more because I'm mm-hmm. curious and I, I like to know. Personally, one of the things I like best about this podcast is hearing about backgrounds. And you said that you come from the entertainment industry, but... Um, why the change? Like a lot of people make changes. And so, so why the shift? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I think for me again, so growing up like movies, television, that was my everything. I, I, at a young age, I thought I wanted to be a a screenwriter. Um, I went to college, I studied film I studied economics only because my parents said you had to study economics if you're going to study film. So, you know, I it was like my whole world. And so at some point you dive into the industry and I think there just came a point for me where I realized that the 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 dreams I had when I was in high school were maybe and, and the goals I had when I was in high school were maybe not the same dreams and goals I had as I was becoming an, an adult, you know. Mm. And uh, and so I feel like something that really hit me was, okay, you know, what are the things I really want out of my day and my job? And, And it took me a long time to really think about that. But things like autonomy, you know, things like being able to, you know, financially support myself to be challenged. I felt very stagnant in my kind of old uh, jobs. And so, you know, for me. That's actually kind of what led me to to software engineering. Like, I think it, there's different routes for different people. Some people, they, they're like, I've always coded. I just never did it professionally. That was mm. not really how it was for me. Right. Mm. That, mm. that was not really how it was for me. Like, for me, I'd always been interested, interested in tech for sure. You know, I think I was always one of the nerdiest guys in my friend group. Uh, but I, I, it wasn't like I grew up coding and it just wasn't my job. I, I thought about what do I want out of my job? And that's what led me to coding. And, and it was a very easy pickup. Like I was like, I love this. This is something I genuinely enjoy doing. But the qualities of what I wanted out of the job came before knowing what that job was. Mm. And, and so that's actually how I kind of made that transition. And it was, you know, for me personally, the, the best choice I, I think I've probably ever made in my life. So, um, you know, that's kind of what led me towards the, this path and, and diving now fully into software development. That sounds really cool story. I have a story. Uh, hashtag not sponsored. Um, <laughs> I actually Reed was the first person uh, that I saw from Codesmith. And as far as like he was leading a thing, what do you call it? Like one of those community uh, lectures about JavaScript, the hard parts. Mm-hmm. Um Nice. And I found it through going through CSX uh, and they it's CSX is the Codesmith kind of like intro 
to uh, Coatsmith principles or, co- or not Coatsmith principles, but rather computer science principles. And uh, specifically with JavaScript, it was it was really hard for me to grasp in a lot of different boot camps or, or even like when you're YouTubing, you, you don't get that engagement. You don't get the community engagement. You don't like you feel like you're alone and, and it can be really daunting and super challenging. Um, and so I, I, I joined the, the Zoom and everybody's having a good time. They use some. Some harsh language, which I totally enjoyed. And uh, right before we joined on this podcast, Reed was telling an unfortunate story about how he uh, asked a question to a, an individual who was a parent and the child was uh, kind of running amok on the on the on the Zoom. I had the same experience with you. I don't know if you remember because my daughter tends to uh, and she has in our actual um, over the course of these couple months of instruction along with my son uh bombed our uh, zoom and just started just to talk as toddlers will in the middle of my sentence and it was it was a great experience but i remember that specifically it was no big deal to you so when you said the story about this individual it wasn't a big deal to you and it wasn't a big deal to you back then um and and i'll say this and, in a good way in yes, like a positive way and right and so this is all leading to a compliment and i'm getting there i'm kind of long-winded even though i told charlie that he was Um, I want to thank you for being the first individual that I saw at Codesmith, because honestly, I was on the fence about a lot of decisions, but your Mm -hmm. lecture um, helped me make the decision to go for it. So thank you. That's awesome. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm very humbled that that had such an impact on you. And, and, you know, again, kind of going back to like what makes a good, leader in a lot of the ways i think kind of another aspect of that is 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 never feeling like you can't be humbled by you know certain experiences like this i think at the end of the day it happens a lot of the time where maybe the the leader maybe the figurehead gets a lot of credit for a lot of the things but you know at the end of the day um i think the 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 thing i've learned a lot is it took a lot of guidance and a lot of people a lot of people to get me even comfortable to be in a place where something like, you know, someone having a, a, a tough day or something going on in the background didn't phase me because, mm-hmm. you know, that was something I had to learn. I've always been lucky to have really great mentors. I think that's a huge thing. Um, uh, and so, you know, I, I'm always really happy and humbled to hear, you know, that people feel impacted by the work that I do. and. I really mean it when I say that is the motivating factor for me. You know, it's it's what gets me going every day is knowing that the work I do genuinely impacts people. And there was a lot of my life and the work in my life. I couldn't say that. And Mm -hmm. that didn't make going to work very exciting or fulfilling, really. And Mm -hmm. if there's one thing I can say about it, at least the instruction side of my job is it is extraordinarily fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And I don't think everyone can say that about their jobs. So no. I feel very lucky in that regard. And that's what makes a good leader. So episodes <laughs> finished. That's it. No, that's awesome, man. That's, that's beautiful to hear stuff like that. I mean, those are those, I mean, those are the qualities right there, you know, um, without the need to even, re re say what you just stated 
Yeah. Yeah, man. Like you showing up the willingness to show up, the willingness to like, and the fulfillment you get is what's giving fulfillment in others because like that shit translate that, that energy translate, Mm -hmm. translate, sorry. So, you know, you're stepping into a zoom room when you do these, these uh, instructional lectures with people who can join from all over the world. And some of these people you don't know at all. And the fact that you can inspire those people and your willingness to do so, that's, that's leadership. That's like monumental. Um, yeah. I want to pass it off to my man, Sam. He's, he's super pensive over in the right <laughs> corner of my screen. I got to know what you're thinking, man. What's going on in your head? I'm always this way. You know how I get with the beginning <laughs> of the know, episodes. Yeah. Uh, just thinking about Metroid Dread. I'm just thinking about Metroid Dread, like Eric said. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> Should I go? or? <laughs> I think another thing that... Uh, makes a really good leader and we just haven't said it yet, but read, you're doing it like you're actively doing it in this moment. We all are is, um, a, how do I say this? An unapologetic sharing and mm-hmm. an unapologetic transparency. Mm-hmm. And I think we as students, teachers, leaders, whatever, we don't talk about it enough, I don't think. And just your story, Reed, just the act of you sharing your story allows people like me that come from a similar background who are scared to take the first step or hesitant or doubt or whatever qualifier you want to put on it. It empowers us without you even realizing it. Well, that's, that, that's amazing. But it's true. I mean, it, it's true. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh, I mean, I by no means think I'm a leader in any respect, but it's also like this podcast is the energy that we're trying to cultivate, right? Right. These are our Mm -hmm. stories. Listen, you can relate. We know you can. We've all been there. So like, just take that first step. And I think that's one of the most important qualities in a leader that I look for is transparency, willing to share, willing to identify something in someone else that you share with them and let them know. Like, call it out. Put it front and center. Um, don't tell me what to do. Don't direct me. But level with me and assure me that you've got my best interests at heart. Because everyone, mm-hmm. do, you do. Like, everyone does. Every leader does. But it's just sometimes hard to get to the root of that matter and to know right. that. Yeah. Spinning off of that, Sam, I think what you just said about... Um, you know, coming down to the level of where you're, you're, if you're in a leadership role, coming down to the level where the people that you're leading are at, you know, and yeah. like sharing that empathy and transparency, transparency. And I think that was actually, that's actually a good segue into my next topic of discussion, which is how do you motivate teams, people and keep them inspired and keep them willing to, you know, show up. Yeah. yeah. And I think what you just said is, is a prime you know, driving factor mm-hmm. for that, you know, having people, having people being able to see you, your authentic self, having as, you know, whether you're in a leadership role or not, and um, being able to level with them at, at a certain level of empathy, which we've discussed here many times, you know, that, that level of transparency, that willingness to come down to the level of, of where your peers are and work with them through problems instead of directing them through problems is 
is how you mm-hmm. get people to be motivated, how you keep them motivated to achieve these common goals that you share, uh, whether that's in tech or elsewhere. So to go off of what Sam said, I think he's exactly correct in that there's this, I think, idea of a leadership position and a leader. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the truth is, you don't have to be in your typical leadership position, you know, managing people to be a leader, right? Yeah. Exactly as as Sam said, if you have the ability to have someone's back, connect with them, empathize with them, sympathize with them, you know, help motivate them, know when maybe they need their space, um, find commonalities you have with them, then that in, will in and of itself make you a leader. And I think all of you are absolutely leaders, 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that you do this this podcast and take the initiative to bring people on, that in and of itself makes you leaders because you do those things. Every single time you record, it's very clear that you empathize, you sympathize, you find commonalities, right? All the things we just discussed in a leader, you do every time you hit record on this, right? So there's that aspect that anyone can just be a leader and, and that's great. On the other side, there's the leadership position, right? And I think I have a very unique perspective, especially at a company like Coatsmith in that I went through the program, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, I am a lead engineering instructor and, you know, I'm a senior software engineer on the coding side of, of the company. But one, once upon a time, a long, long time ago, I was a student at Coatsmith, you know? Mm-hmm. and I was a fellow at Codesmith. I was an engineering instructor at Codesmith. I have risen the ranks. And so I think I have a unique perspective in the empathy category because Mm. I've been there. I know Mm. what it's like when you're, when imposter syndrome is, you know, that imposter monster is yelling in your ear. I remember that. Mm. I I, I remember trying to understand React and, and literally thinking, this is the end of the road for me. Like, I'm never going to understand React. Mm. And so I guess I'm not good enough for this role. And I thought I was, and I thought Mm. I was smart enough and capable. Turns out not the case. And I remember having other leaders in my cohort, you know, helping me through that process and eventually Mm. understanding what it is to go through the highs and lows of learning a new Mm. skill. I mean, it could be obviously a technical skill, but any skill has its highs and lows. And so I feel like I have that unique perspective. And so when I hear, especially in kind of the realm that we're all in together, I really, I really, really relate to it when I hear the people who are struggling. And I really relate to it when people are feeling stoked about something that went really well. They finally understood something. They've had a good day because I remember those days. I remember those highs. I remember those lows. So I think, again, that's another aspect of like you all mentioned that empathy when you're leading people and you recognize maybe they're not bringing the same energy ideally you'd like today or mm-hmm. or maybe they are and you're they're really bringing it you know note that be there for them through the good and the bad and know that if you were in their position you would want someone doing that for you as well so mm. you know i think that's a, a really big part of it is a I, i'm just lucky i'm lucky in that i've i've been through this i can empathize really on a the minutiae of of what y'all are going through but in addition and you know i 
Oh, I think we lost Sam. But in addition, I feel like, you know, I was able to to learn these skills as I kind of continued through coding as well. Yeah, I think that energy is felt, you know, um, from the very beginning, from the very beginning of of your instruction as our lead engineering instructor. Like I felt that energy, you know, that that like the true empathy because I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I think I mentioned it once before on the podcast, but before I got into Codesmith, I was actually on track and in another boot camp. And I did not feel that level of support or empathy at all. And then like all these red flags started going off and I was like, wait a minute, like, why am I going to give this place 16, whatever, a lot of money? Mm-hmm for the fact for like very little support and i was like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. like pump the brakes and then that's when i started my friend told me about codesmith started telling told me to start going to the lectures the hard part stuff and i had never been there and they were just like just check it out and at the time i was in like the pre-course for this other school um but the window was getting closer and closer where like i couldn't get my money back you know um okay. so I went to some of the hard parts lectures and I, I, I remember seeing quite a few instructors read. I don't think you were in any of my hard parts, but I was just like, damn, like this is it. And I felt the empathy because most of the, uh, uh, the instructor instructors and, in, and, in, uh, in the Codesmith network, a good amount of them have gone through the program like you have read and have like gone and changed their whole lives and their whole careers and the whole trajectory. And like, that's that was super inspiring so it's yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty surreal going through this and like like you said that level of empathy that you have for us and your students is felt because we like we see it you know like it's real yeah i think again not to just try to you know sell people on on codesmith but i feel like again regardless of what you're trying to when you're trying to motivate people at the end of the day, it comes down to being able to relate to them. That's the number one thing. If you are unrelatable as a leader, no one is going to follow you. No one's going to listen to you. No one's going to trust you. I mean, really, that's it. No one's going to trust what you say if you are unrelatable as, as a leader. So, you know, and it can't be fake. Like, that's what I said earlier. You, you can't, you know, people smell BS. It, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to cover that up, you know, unless you're like an absolute sociopath, like no one, <laughs> no, it's hard to cover that up. And so I feel like, you know, you really have to be, as Eric said, as y'all were saying, like your authentic self and know that in that authenticity, if you can demonstrate that you genuinely care and that you really do want the best out of people. I mean, listen, you all know, <clears throat> not, as I said, not every day is a good day. And yet as you're as a teacher, I need to pull the best out of all of my students, even if mm-hmm. they don't want to give their best that day, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, it's a, it's a, it's a delicate dance. You don't want to push someone too hard, but you still want to kind of push them because mm-hmm. you know what they, that they are capable of so much more, even on their hardest of days. And so, you know, I think that's a, a big element of, and it, it's, it's again, a delicate dance. I don't even know if I'm, 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 you know, great at the waltz yet in in that regard, you know, it's something I'm continuing to learn, but, you know, finding that balance of pushing the people that you, you do know deep down are so capable of so much that even when they don't think they are, that you can still pull it out of them. And, 
you know, I come to, to class some days and I have a tough day. And, you know, it's important to remind myself, even in those toughest of times, that by me setting the tone, and again, this is kind of what I was saying with the leaders, by setting the tone every day, coming in and knowing that when I am talking to the people that I'm trying to manage or lead, you know, I have to put the the noise I've been hearing in my life or around me aside for that 30 minutes, that hour. And when I when the camera goes off, sometimes I go, OK, like I can now exhale and feel some of the, you know, troubles or weights, weights, uh, weights in my life. But during the time that I'm talking to people, it's about bringing your best. So uh, I think that's a part of it, too, kind of a, a tough dance. And in fact, I actually like to ask you all kind of this question, because, again, you know, you are in a long it's a long program. Oof. And uh, and so I guess how do you find the ability to motivate yourself to kind of go through not just the highs and lows or the length of time, but again, even continue to be leaders in your own right of your own cohort of the community, because you are all leaders of the of the community. How do you find the ability to kind of find that motivation through what is a very long and stressful program? Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, I, I, I like to hear what my man Sam has to say first. I think read to that to that question of like, how do we keep going? How do we stay motivated? I don't know, man. Um, I really I think about it every day. I think about, you know, it's so cheesy, but the golden rule we all get taught when we're kids, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. It's so important. Yes. But also, I think there's another level to it. And I think it's like put <laughs> this is my actor bullcrap, uh, but like put the energy out in the world that you want to receive. Like literally. If you go out there and you do the work that you want to do and you help people and empower people to do the work that, you know, they're capable of someone, something will throw that energy back at you. And it could be that person in the room with you in that moment, or it could be two weeks later when that <laughs> redux unit comes along and you have no idea what the <laughs> hell you're doing. And somebody <laughs> gives you time back and you know, it's, it, it manifests in all different forms and it can come years later, months later, days later, minutes later. But I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of even when I'm not feeling it, you know, Hey, I'm not feeling it today. <laughs> I'm not feeling it today, Eric. How are you? Like, what's going on with you? Wow. Yeah. I'm having a really hard time with this algo. Okay. Let's just do this. Like, let's just for, for the next 30 minutes, like let's mess around with this together and have fun and enjoy our time together here. We're not going to lose anything. We're not spending anything that we can't get back. But if we drive through this problem or this thing that we're trying to do together, we'll come out on the other side, having learned something it's inevitable. So it's kind of like, putting the reps in that's i guess that's mm -hmm. how i stay motivated it's just like wow i really i'm really tired i don't want to go to class tonight but i know i'm going to learn something and i know that interaction that i have with charlie is going to be awesome and we're going to have laughs and yes. it's going to be great and then closing remarks is going to feel great to hear people's wins like let's just do it let's do it oh yeah that's my very long-winded answer <laughs> i think that's great i think that's very relatable eric what 
I know you 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 were you were off to a hot start <laughs> and then it got it stopped. But interrupted what by you? an actor. <laughs> mm. Go figure. I kind of want to hear what Charlie has to say. Oh, no, I'm, kidding, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's I'm kidding. fine. I'm kidding. You want Eric, Charlie has to say he's going to hear that and he's going to start talking because he's like, <laughs> No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, as far as like. Dealing with motivation. Can you repeat the question? Because Sam was long-winded, and I need to like hear the question. <laughs> well, listen, yeah, of course, man. The, the question is just basically, you know, again, the the three of you are very much leaders in in the community, in your cohort, and honestly beyond. I mean, in your in your jobs, in your life, in your families, right? So, the program that that you're you've decided to go through, right? You made that choice. You, you made the sacrifices. You knew that there were going to be sacrifices, These are time sacrifices, financial sacrifices, opportunity costs. You know, it's a long program, you know, to, to kind of, obviously I know you've spoken about it, but you know, I went through a three month full-time program, right? It was, it was three months. It was a grind. It was basically seven days a week, nonstop, but it was three months, right? I knew three months and then I, I'm out. But it's different in what in what you've decided, what we all kind of now live, which is mm. this kind of part time nine month long program. And mm. so my question to you is, how do you, you know, through the ups and downs of of, again, time, the sacrifices you've made, how do you stay motivated and not just motivated, but motivated to lead? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I eat my feelings like a true veteran. <laughs> I just do. I just bury them until I just take them out on some unsuspecting customer service representative. He takes them out on me mostly. Tough day for a waiter. Tough what do you mean you don't have my mocha latte? All right, I've been storing this up, and here we go. <laughs> I wish that were mostly untrue, <laughs> but I um. All right, well, I like to, I, I like to come at this as honest as I can. I mm. you're feel free to roll your eyes, Sam. I mean, I, if I do it to you, you could do it to me. But um, I've lost a lot of motivation, uh, to be honest. Um, mm. I had started with a lot of motivation. I think it's a part of my character. I start super strong with anything. And then mm. I might have imposed some extra things on me that weren't even inside of the program. Some extra mm. like. I said, all right, I need to get a job before the program ends, which honestly doesn't happen very often. Right. And uh, I haven't shared it with too many people, but yes, I did get a job. And so I, I was successful. But real, real uh, quick, just want to give you a round of applause. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank That's you. Awesome. But yeah. I got to say, um, I think I took a toll on myself and I don't think it was Coatsmith's fault. Um, it could have been anything, you know. I look at it this way. I was teaching and, and really depressed it right now, to be honest, and I'm using this as a platform for teachers, too. It's not a good time to be a teacher. Um, there's a lot of pressure, people recovering from COVID, just like government and, and local pressure to raise these kids who essentially missed a year of school. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's unfair. And so if mm -hmm. you're a teacher and you're listening to this, there are opportunities to become a software engineer or to, mm -hmm. to do something else. Um, you, your time and your life is valuable. So, you know, do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself and your family. If you're a teacher or if you're doing something else and you need to take care of yourself, that's also true. But, um, yeah. So unfortunately I started highly motivated 
and I was super eager to get into this program. Um, I've got two kids. Uh, I mean, if you've been listening for a while on the podcast, you know that they're toddlers. Um, the program's really hard because it's, it is eight, nine months long, but it's also hard because I'm asking my wife to take care of my children uh, during times where I normally would be available. And that's hard on her. When it's hard on her, I feel guilty in the weight of that. So I feel this mm. external pressure that I need to, you know, like do everything in my power to let her know that I got this job and, and that the program was successful. Uh, and also, you know, teaching put me in a hard position. Like it took all of my mental and emotional energy. And by the time I showed up, particularly in the senior portion, which is the last um, third of our cohort, I just, I was, I was sank, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't my sincere self. I wasn't, I haven't been for a little bit. Um, so I started taking interviews. We finished up our big project. Everything's fine. I don't think I was necessarily phoning in, but I was, I was drawing from energy and a reserve that I think I already had depleted. Um, mm. I put so much pressure. I, I spent all summer making projects and connecting and networking and, and it was working. It was working. And I had never done this before. I was in uncharted waters. I was being a leader for myself and I was actually helping other people. To be honest, uh, I had been avoiding other people trying to like reach out. How do I do this? How do I do that? Because I had no energy left. I was just, I was done, you know? Mm. Um, I might've saved that energy for one or two people in the cohort, but um, yeah, it's been really hard. It's been really hard. Um, I would caution against maybe my approach that like all or nothing, like it's not necessarily that approach. If you're listening to this, thinking about any kind of like boot camp or, or even just transitioning without a boot camp, you know, you're going to have times where you have motivation. I think it's OK to lose motivation outright. Like you're just, oh, I, I don't have any more. And I think maybe if I would have talked to myself in the past, I could have said, you know, hey, Eric, this is unhealthy. Like you've put too much pressure on yourself and you're about to break. And I'm pretty sure I broke a couple of times. Um, Although I was successful, I don't think a lot of people can continue to do that because in the military, they teach you like motivation or not, you're still doing it. Like your mm. lives are depending on you. And I think because I'm a dad, lives are depending on me. And mm. so that that motivation was coming from other factors. Um, not everybody's motivation is the same. Not everybody's um, the reasons that they do anything is the same. But um you know, we had a we had a guest, uh, Kelsey, on one of our episodes. She come on and she talked about like her her struggles. And so I thought about joking around like I normally do and telling you that this was easy and like making fun of Sam, you know, <laughs> things that make me feel good, you know. But but it was hard and I lost motivation. I think I, I've been a leader in the way that. You know, I got these guys together and we, we made a podcast. Uh, we continue to do this and I want to be a leader for people. But I also I think a leader, like you said, Reed, needs to be honest and authentic. And honestly, don't burn yourself out like you take it easy mm. when you have to and understand when you're just done, because I mm -hmm. think I tap myself out. I'm still here. I'm going to finish the program. But yeah, I'm worn out and. 
And I think it's more just than the program, but it's the kids and stuff. So just like try to like really be observant of yourself if you're going through a trial, because um, if people are counting on you or you're just counting on yourself, you can't you can't pull from a reserve that's not there. You really can't. A lot of people say, just keep digging deep, 120 percent, 150 percent. I'm honestly thinking that some of that's bullshit, because like if you're done, you're done. And so like my. I shouldn't have approached it from the military perspective of like, just go until you get it. <laughs> now I'm just going to be like in the future. And I, I'm taking this lesson to wherever I go after this or or continuing on with the job or whatever I do, even as a dad, recognize when you're almost done and just mm-hmm. try to refresh. Take a take a second. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, I think, again, you know, that puts you in a unique position because as, you know, someone who is a leader, you now can empathize and and talk to people who are going to go through that experience. Because let me tell you, you are not the first nor the last person who's going to feel like they have lost motivation. They've emptied the reserves. And, you know, the cool thing is now you are a person that when they're like, how do I continue? you have advice for that and you have, you know, Mm. you can talk to that. And so I think, again, at the end of the day, all of this about leadership is just about experiencing, having experiences and just giving your best advice off of what you've, you've learned. Sometimes you, you know, you just hope that it's, it's the right advice. And, Mm. uh, and I feel like, you know, the more you experience, the more advice you can feel confidently giving. So, Mm. Firstly, that was a, a great share. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that puts you in a very unique position as a leader. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, good good share, Eric, for sure, man. We do appreciate your honesty, of course. Um, if I were to talk about my perspective on leadership throughout this, you know, journey that I've been on, um, I think one of the biggest things for me, and I learned this over time, was just being available, you know, just being available to people, not just during class time, you know, like after class time, before class time, Mm. you know, and not just to talk about software engineering related things, just to check in on somebody. And that's actually something that I learned from my brother, Sam, right over here, because throughout the entire program, He's always been willing to hit me with a message yet. Like, yo, how you doing? How you feeling? And I kind of love that energy from him. So I've reciprocated it. And then I proceeded to do the same thing with, with my other friends in the program. Like, Hey man, how's it going? What you been up to? Like, how you doing with algos? How you doing with this? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to meet up and go over some stuff? Do you want to meet up and talk about resume stuff? Just anything. Let's just, you know, catch on a zoom, have a, have a beer. Like, I think that is one of the things that helped me to um, help me to, I guess, be a leader or somebody who's kind of just leading in the way of just sharing energy that's good enough to inspire others to keep trucking through. Because like you said, Reed, it is it's a long program, man. Like it is it is a long (laughs) it is a long nine months. And like, really, it starts even before that. Right. So like Mm -hmm. my whole journey with software engineering has been going on now for roughly a year and a half. And it's just Mm -hmm. been the nine months, you know, 
in in this part-time immersive program but you know that that burnout is a real thing like eric said and like i i've even had to reach out to him a few times like i remember one specific thursday night and thursday night if if you're in our community you know that that's our night that we do shout outs i remember eric was just burnt and he wasn't going to do a shout out and i hit him up the, uh, hit him up on the side like bro you got to do a shout out like i don't feel like doing it i'm like bro the people love hearing from you give us a shout and he did and it's like I know that he didn't want to, but he did it and it was great and everybody loved it and, you know, typical Eric banter, but, you know, things like that. Like, the it's those small things, like the non-technical things that I think have helped me be a leader. And, you know, adding to that throughout the journey, I've I found myself in throughout multiple projects that we worked on, um, both together and not together whatever group I found myself in, I always kind of fell into the role of being like kind of the scrum leader, like, you know, helping with the planning, helping assigning roles, like this is what we should do. And for me, it was never like about like the power of being like, I want to be a scrum leader. Like I wanted everybody to be a part of that process, the the iteration process, the planning process, the the execution. But I think to me, what I enjoyed the most about that was like, seeing my friends, these fellow engineers grow as engineers by kind of like pushing them to do things, work on things within the project that they were uncomfortable with or that they never messed around with. And then being willing to like meet with them inside a class or outside a class to go over that thing that they're working on. You know, like there's a fire on the back end. Okay. I'm working on the front end, but all right, I'm going to put a pause in this and I'm going to help you out. Like, and, and at, you know, mm. depending on where it was in my journey, maybe it was a time like, should I suck at the back end, bro? But I'm going to come back here and I'm going to see what I could help you out with. And things like that have helped me as a person and engineer. And I hope that it's helped other people. And it, it's, it's cool, man. Like, like I, there's, there's no, like, there's no secrets. I don't hold anything back. You know, if anybody wants to discuss literally anything software engineering, interpersonal, like I'm always here for it. And I think mm-hmm. that just being available is the thing that's kind of kept me going, hopefully has kept others going. And that's, that's my whole little tidbit there. I'll put a cap on it. Sure. Availability is big for sure. You know, you got to be dependable. So I think, uh, again, it's, I, to me, it's very clear why the three of you have strong leadership qualities. So, you know, Thank all you. the things you all talk about are exactly the the things that people look for mm-hmm. uh, in mentorship and guidance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I should have come on here and asked you, you know, to interview the three <laughs> of you, honestly, <laughs> for, for more insight. No, no, man, that was I, I'm glad you spun that question towards us. That was really awesome. Um, if I do have I, I do have another, you know, little topic, side topic mm-hmm. we could get into. It's the idea of good examples of leadership that we've experienced taking in from others. So like not in a leadership role, Mm -hmm. um, either under a boss or under a fellow employee, whether they're parallel to you or above you or below you, what are some things each of us have experienced from somebody in a leadership position or some sort of a leadership idea that have inspired us. And that like we took on as we, you know, became leaders in our own right? Yeah. I mean, that's a really phenomenal question. And I think 
Um, because no one is just born a leader. You know, you don't come out right. being a leader. You are shaped by the people around you. <laughs> Sam is, I don't know. That's not the case uh. for him. <laughs> he <was the> same <laughs> everyone listen up. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, you, it's about, it's about the, the, the experiences you have and the people that shape you. And again, I have mm-hmm. been very lucky and I can, I can very easily say that I have always for the most part had great mentors even if i didn't like my job i liked typically my boss like that was always something i was very fortunate to have not a lot of most people probably can't say that so mm-hmm. you know i i always had i think good leaders in my life i mean starting from i'm very lucky my my dad is a great leader mm-hmm. he's always been a great leader to me um and helped helped me kind of learn those processes and kind of how to listen to others and guide others. So I think it started like Mm. that all the way, you know, until through, through my jobs. And I think, um, you know, having a, a, a a mentor that you can ask questions about, like, you know, this is where my thought process is. Does that sound right to you? And, and hearing if, you know, what their, what their critiques or feedback is on maybe how they would do it based off of experiences they've had Mm -hmm. and being open to that feedback and kind of the last kind of part I want to talk about is even as a leader, it's still all about who you surround yourself with, even the people that you manage, right? So again, I'm very lucky that Matt Severin, who's the engineering instructor, my right-hand man in the program, you know, I think we complement each other and all that. You don't want your whole team to just be duplicates of you. That that does not lead to leadership. That's just mm. called mm. minions, right? So it's <laughs> like, that's not that's not what you want. Right. You want people that because every person has strengths and weaknesses. Every leader has their strengths and weaknesses and they need to know that. So, for example, I think I'm very forward and understanding that for me, you know, I I think some of my strengths include the ability to, you know, guide people for sure. And I think the ability to empathize. But, uh, you know, sometimes I do feel like maybe one of my leadership styles is when uh, when there are, when there is conflict, maybe you do have someone you're managing that's not really uh, doing the tasks in the way you'd like or pulling their weight in the mm-hmm. way you'd like. You know, some sometimes I feel like my approach is a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit. What's the right word? You know, maybe a little tough, like a little tough. You know, really calling them out on on my expectations of them, mm-hmm. and that doesn't. Not everyone responds to that. Some people do. Some people do respond to that, but not everyone responds to that type of of leadership. And, you know, I think Matt's, some of his biggest strength is he is the most level-headed, like just completely fully empathetic, can really put himself in another person's shoes, person I've ever met in my whole life. It's like, Mm. it's amazing what Matt can do. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, as someone who of course runs the program, you know, I don't think I'd be where I am or be as in the position I am or know or feel as confident as I do in, in my choices if it wasn't for the fact that I surround myself with people like Matt, who is, again, like the my the, the second instructor at, uh, in the program or Laura, who is in charge of kind of shaping culture uh, in the program. So, you know, I think that's a big part of it, recognizing your strengths, but recognizing your weaknesses and finding surrounding yourself with people who maybe your weakness is their strength and, mm. and, and continuing to ask them those questions, knowing that mm. even if you're their quote, I'm air quoting here, their boss, 
that doesn't mean you have there's nothing you can learn from the people that you manage and and so i think that's a big part of it like you mm-hmm. just got to be very self-aware and and honest with yourself and and surround yourself with people that can make you a better leader damn yeah well said yeah as the boss of java unscripted i agree with everything you said but <laughs> completely correct oh my goodness eric i <laughs> I, I got to say, since day one, your zingers and humor has absolutely added life back into me. I, <laughs> I I'm love happy to hear it. that. You know, yeah. <laughs> my wife would agree with you because I'm not a looker. So I knew that I had to be funny. And I just always yeah, studying strengths jokes. Strengths and weaknesses. Strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> That's why love- you found your counterpart who is your, the strength to your weakness. You got a beautiful <laughs> yeah. wife. That's true. You know, yeah. so yeah. there you go. We're all done. <laughs> Otherwise, we need to raise some smart kids. <laughs> oh, gosh. I hope my kids never listen to this. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, well. Well, those oh, were all man. good points. And you're, you're totally right about what you said about Matt. He is super level headed, completely kind of a neutral, passive, calming spirit. Yeah. Shout out Matt one time. He's actually. He was the final push for me to actually join the Petri Immersive. Mm. Um, when I was considering it, I reached out and I was like, hey, who can I talk to who's been through this program? Because at the time, our part-time remote immersive program hadn't been in existence for that long. Um, we're actually in the third cohort. Uh, shout out Petri 3. And mm. I was just like, who can I talk to that's been through this? Because everybody they were sending my way was like, Here's a full-time person. Here's another full. And I'm just like, dude. (laughs) Yeah. So then, you know, somebody linked me up with Matt. And at the time, I think he was just going to be the fellow, um, going to be one of the fellows. And then, you know, we connected, we spoke for like 45 minutes or something crazy. And it was just like, it was amazing. Amazing human being, amazing person made me feel so good about like, this decision I was considering like quelled all my nerves and kind of brought me down, like, like leveled me out and, and was very honest about like burnout, very honest about the length of the pro, like nothing, nothing, ju- nothing was just like sale, sale. I'm trying to sell you on, on, on come. I'm trying, it was just like, yo, these are the positives. These are the negatives. This is my experience. Like, yeah. So shout out to Matt for that, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel like an example that comes to my mind is, um, you know, early days of of the program, to your point, Charlie, with, you know, there haven't been a ton of it's still like a newish program. So Mm -hmm. in the early days, most of the fellows were not students who were from the part time program. They were students from the full time program that we kind of Mm -hmm. brought over to be fellows. And every cycle for the, you know, those listening, we have a a fellows Q&A. Um, which is actually coming up soon for the the three of you. But the idea is, you know, what, you know, ask the current fellows any questions you as a current student have about the fellowship so that you can get an honest assessment. Like, I'm not even in the room. Like, you ask all the questions, you have an honest conversation. And I remember that the first time that I was uh, at that point the engineering instructor, I was not the lead of the part-time program at that point, but... I got to choose, I guess, which fellows would be in the fellows Q&A because we usually pick four out of six, not all six. And I didn't pick Matt originally because I 
wanted him to help with help desk and help any of the juniors who were struggling through, you know, be available for them. And I remember Matt actually, I think it was Matt, yeah, Matt came forward and was like, you know, uh, as one of the few fellows who actually went through the part-time program, I think it would be a good idea if I was one of the fellows in the fellows Q and a, and like, mm-hmm. I didn't even think of that. Like mm-hmm. when I had picked the fellows that totally skipped my mind, the idea of, I should probably have a fellow who actually went through this program right. for the fellows Q and a. And again, it's, it's little things like that where, you know, again, having, uh, surrounding yourself with people who are going to have your back and, and kind of think of things when maybe you don't. Um, because, you know, early on, I definitely thought I had to have all the answers. And you learn very quickly that that's just not going to be the case. And, uh, and so, you know, you got to lean on the people around you. And again, even as a, an instructor, I lean on my, I lean on, on the three of you and your cohort and all, all, of, all of the students and the leaders of their cohort, or just, again, the, the, the people who are having leadership moments mm-hmm. as, you know, motivating factors for myself. So, you know, you find it in, in different ways from, from different people. And again, sometimes early on, people who maybe are a little bit quieter, introverted, who you're not sure if throughout the time of the program, they're going to reach, you know, that empathetic engineering leader you'd like all of your students to become. All of Mm -hmm. a sudden a day comes where, as you mentioned, shout outs, someone who has never raised their hand to speak speaks. And you're like, this is that moment. Like it's happening. Like this person has made a choice Mm. where they said, I'm done being quiet and I'm ready to kind of open up a little bit. And there, it happens, you know, every cycle that happens. So mm. uh, you, you, you even get surprised by who ends up coming out as some of the people who become the most vocal and, and leaders of, of, of their cohorts. Mm. Absolutely. So Charlie, I think we've got the question again. <laughs> because No, I mean, if if we were to just backpedal a little bit to the to the question, it was what were some examples of good leadership moments we experienced while working with or under other individuals? And I could I could speak to that actually. Um my 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 current profession, which currently I'm not working I'm not working in an in a software engineering related role. It's more like QA and testing and mm-hmm. and development and planning. Um, my current boss and director is like one of the nicest people I've ever met. And his leadership is so inspiring to me. We're a very small team, but his leadership is so inspiring to me because like he'll just check in with us either individually or as a team to not even talk about business. We're not even talking shop. It's just like, hey guys, come over here. I'm, I'm looking at uh, which lawnmower to pick out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's have a conversation. Let's hang out. Mm. And you know, just being, just being who he is, inspired mm. me through my time at at Cosmith as an engineer. You know that that like reaching out to people to see if they're okay, like unwarranted, you know, Slack messages or unwarranted just like calls and stuff. Like, amazing, amazing stuff. And um it's a shame that it's not a software engineering role. And he knows that I am going to be growing from that role as I blossom into, into a software engineer, as I get into the industry. Um, 
but I always take that, you know, his, his leadership lessons with me wherever I go. Um, you know, not to get super personal, but a few weeks back, there was a loss in my family, not directly in my family, but he just called and he just called me one, like randomly after work, literally just to check in. Hey man, mm. how are you? How's your significant other? At the time you we were expecting the baby and it's like, he knows that I was going through a lot and it was just incredible. You know, like that level of empathy and the willingness for him to just reach out after work is done, you know? And that's, mm -hmm. again, as I mentioned before, something I try to, you know, push throughout my time that I've been a coachman, like hitting people up at outside of the class hours, like, how are you? What's going on? Like, can we, you know, can we, you want to work on something? You want to talk about something? Like, yeah, that's, that's definitely something that I think is going to stick with me from a leadership experience moment that, that kind of fell onto me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on it. Sam or Eric, you guys got anything you'd like to share or add? All right, Sam. Um, yeah. Uh, I think another, I'll talk about a moment Yeah, that, for sure. that happened, uh, for me and I'm super fortunate to Charlie, I think to have really, really great leaders in my life. Uh, uh, read earlier, you mentioned, you know, familial leaders and professional leaders right now where I'm at It's So everyone's amazing and their omission doesn't, doesn't signify any kind of lack of their leadership ability and the joy that I'm having being led by them. But I was in undergrad and, uh, you know, out of high school, 18 year old kid. I did some musicals in high school and I was like, oh, cool. Now I'm getting a degree and playing yeah. dress up. This is awesome. And one of my first acting classes, uh, an acting teacher by the name of Michael Ritchie, who changed my life, said, uh, and he spoke like this. So he said, Sam, what do you want to work on today? And I went, what? He said, what do you want to work on today? <laughs> wait, I have to decide. I have to walk in the room and make a decision for myself. I'm in school. You're my teacher. You tell me. He said, no, you're, it's your rehearsal. It's your moment. It's your work. What do you want to work on? What's your focus mm. right now in this moment? And he wouldn't let me get away from it. And I think, I think there's something really scary as someone being led. And I would imagine, I, I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I was an acting teacher for a little bit and I tried to be an amalgamation of all the good teachers in my life that I've had. And he was definitely one of them. It's scary to say to a student, like I'm giving over my lesson plan to you in this moment. <laughs> so decide <laughs> my job is on the line right now. <laughs> Don't say anything stupid. What do you want to work on today? And I think that kind of trust and mutual fear and unapologetic risk it's it's so empowering right it's crazy empowering and that's another thing that's another moment where i can point and be like oh that was the first time that i felt like an adult that i felt like my voice had worth in the room empowered. which i don't think is easy i don't think it's easy for anyone in any profession but especially when you're new to a new environment and 
kind of like the journey we're going through right now when we're stepping into this dark, weird cloud that we don't know what's on the other side of it. Just to have somebody say, no, what do you want? Like, what do you what do you want to do? What do you want your job to look like? What do you want your life to look like? And I'm not going to laugh. That's why would I laugh? It's what you want and it's totally attainable. You just have to voice it. So that was really impactful for me. I love that. To be honest, there's been a lot of times where I've been a really shitty teacher. Um, <laughs> you know, I think. Yeah, I'm being honest, like I haven't been present. I just. Didn't have the focus or they say like teaching you have to like it's a calling. Um, I never really felt that, unfortunately, but I do think that like I tried to. Be a leader. To the students that I had, um, teaching them about like resilience and and letting them fail, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and elementary school, that's not a popular idea to let students fail, yeah. but I think that leadership requires that you do let go of the reins, and you say, here, mm. you you decide what you want to do today, or how are you going to approach this problem? Yeah. Um, then, and that doesn't always play out from a teacher's perspective or a leader's perspective, but you let it play out. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the hardest problems we have as uh, senior engineers, teachers, actors, audio engineers, parents is just to let go of control. Uh, mm. That's so hard because you you feel like sometimes you're like, I've been through this. I know exactly how it should play out. Just do this and you'll be fine. You know, but uh, you don't give a person that creative. uh, You know, space that, you know, the bandwidth to be able to stretch their legs and and show you what they're capable of. Um, I'm the first parent to be right behind my kid when they're walking up the stairs to make sure Mm -hmm. they don't fall down. And even in our projects, uh, working with Charlie, you know, sometimes I'm like, why is he making that decision? Um, and I not that I. You know, like, I don't think he's incompetent or anything. I just think sometimes I'm like, I would have made that decision, mm-hmm. but like let, letting go of control. And I wasn't his leader in, in that position, but letting go of control, it's just like. I think a leader has to be comfortable with being led. You know, that's hard. That's really hard. (laughs) Um, Yeah, my I had some good Mm. leaders in the military. With the best leaders or listeners first, Mm -hmm. you know, getting like hearing the room out. Mm. Sometimes they make a decision opposite of the the popular, like the consensus, because they know what the mission or, or thing requires. But sometimes you hear people out and you're like, actually, that's a, an excellent approach. Let's go with that. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not sure. Just mm-hmm. to, to take somebody else's idea and run with it. Right. Yeah. That, that's important. Yeah. If you share the Eric. answer, no one gets to learn. Yeah. That's yeah. really awesome, Eric. That's really, really awesome. To your point, Eric. And yes, I agree with Sam. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I think just those open lines of communication back and forth as a leader 
and as somebody being led, so important. You know, not being afraid to voice your opinion, either as a leader or somebody as a member of the group, and being willing to read the room, hear the questions, hear what people are feeling, what people are thinking, what's on everybody's mind, and then kind of going from there. Like, obviously, there's going to be structure in place, right? As with, you know, any any profession, there's always going to be some sort of structure, but being willing to open up the dialogue, super important. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, again, whether, so even again, working on the code base or as an instructor, right? Every, essentially every quarter you're going to, you get feedback or you get to give feedback, right? You either receive back, receive feedback from like students or fellows as to their experience uh, or, you know, you give it. And I think one of the things about kind of exactly to your point, Eric, every three months, essentially every quarter, right there, I get all this feedback and then I decide with the team, okay, which of this that I've heard, because clearly, you know, people have their own ideas of how they think they can improve things. And I go through that and I go, okay, this, you know, suggestion, I, I, I hear it. I understand it, but I, have a bigger picture in mind and I have a strategy in mind. And so even if this feedback, I totally absorb and understand, I think actually this is still how I wanted it to go for them, even if this isn't how they wanted it to go for themselves. But then there are other times where I read something and I go, you know what? That's actually, that's a great point. That is Mm -hmm. something where I know we can shift, you know, aspects of, how we do things or our processes or how we communicate because, you know, that point uh, I really absorb. And, you know, that's the whole thing is as a leader, you have to make choices. And sometimes you have to make choices that the people you lead don't always agree with. And you kind of have to get past the idea that you're going to make everyone happy because you're just not. And that's a lesson I learned, I think, pretty early on. Mm -hmm. But I think a big part of it is, being open to all feedback and, you know, with the help of others making choices. And those choices are around, okay, this aspect of what I'm being told, I completely agree with, or this aspect, I hear you and I feel you and I empathize with you, but I have a strategy in mind as a leader, as someone who's overseeing something. And so, you know, I'm making a choice to go with that or to, or to not. So you know, I think that's another part of it. And it's probably one of the hardest parts of it is knowing you're going to make a choice that people don't like because it makes them feel uncomfortable or it's not the way they want it to be. But you, in your heart, believe that you're still making the choice that's better, best for them, even if they don't realize it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the same thing you do when you're parenting your kids or or you're, you know, making choices about, you know, Uh, a scene or you're making choices about how you want to engineer the audio, right? Like sometimes you're going to make choices that you feel like the, your partner or the people you're working with, the person opposite you is, doesn't maybe always agree with, but you have an idea and you're making a choice. And so you make that choice and you learn from it. And so I think it's, it, it doesn't matter what field you're in or what you do. You make those, you face those forks in the road quite often, and it's making those choices and being open and empathetic and experience that 
makes you feel hopefully a little bit more confident about the choices you're going to continue to make moving forward. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think that I was a that. direct quote from Todd Howard. In Fallout 76. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you called me out. You got me. You got him. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, as we, as we come closer and closer to the end, I do have one final question I'd like to pose, I guess, to everyone here. What is the value of empathy? Yeah, that's that's a big the, the one. The deep questions. Yeah. How much more time we got? Hey, hey, it, it could be a, it could be as short or as long winded as you like. No, there's no pressure here. No. However, you want to spin it, man. What is the value of empathy? You know, it's a it's a hard question. You know, I, in a way. I think it's almost everything like, you know, you you can uh, you live in a world where you have to work with other people. You know, you have to interact with other people. And uh, as much, you know, you can feel like you want to be an isolated individual. That's fine. But you can never be truly isolationist. It's just not how it works. And so I feel like you know, what is the value of empathy? In my mind, it's kind of what is the value of connecting with other individuals? Mm. I think it's probably the everything, everything else kind of can come, in my opinion, can kind of come second to that. Because mm. as I tell people, you know, when I tell incoming students, or I tell, you know, engineers on the team, it's like, you could be a technical wizard. I mean, you could literally think in ones and zeros. But if you cannot connect with your coworkers or the people around you on the smallest, you know, level of connection, you won't, you won't succeed. You won't succeed. But if you are an extremely empathetic individual who, you know, can't be incompetent, but you have a technical skill set, you're much more, people are going to be much more willing and open to guiding you and helping you through that process. And so at the end of the day, it's like, you know, in my mind, it's like, you know, 100% empathy or 0% empathy. Uh, the 100% empathy is going to win 11 out of 10 times. You know, that's what people are going to relate to. So, you know, what is the value of empathy? It's probably, in, in my mind, kind of everything. Yeah. i got to work on that yeah. math, but I agree with you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. You might. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I didn't carry the two a hundred percent. Eric is checking his ones and zeros. Yeah, I was, right yeah, exactly. I was, he, I was thinking, thinking through it. I was trying to empathize with you, Reed, but like I was just struggling. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I didn't always. I think as a, a younger person, I always just was like, "It's all about me, my career." You know, what can I do for me? Um, even in the military, uh, getting a promotion, how can I do what's good for me to push me forward? But I think I, um, the more I struggled, maybe I created that struggle because I didn't empathize and didn't work with people as well as I could. And had I chosen a different route, and I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of like, suggesting people choose empathy first because you're not alone you know like coding anything you're, you're not an island reed said and 
And if you choose that route, it's just going to be so much harder for yourself. It's just going to be difficult. And why create an obstacle when you can, oh, I hate to say it, build bridges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you should. Don't burn them. Build them. Well said. Mm. I think I agree with you, Reed. Empathy is everything. I think there's actually one moment in my life where I believe my level of empathy kept one of my friends out of jail. And I'm not even going to tell the story. Mm-hmm. But, you know, our number one rule here on Java Unscripted is don't do crime. We don't endorse it. But I think do my crime. level of empathy, like, has always been high uh, throughout my friend groups, interpersonal relationships, personal relationships, coworkers, classmates, wherever I've been. It's it's taken me far and it's always helped me. So I I always put empathy first. And um, that's what I loved so much about the Codesmith community. And again, hashtag not sponsored, but we do rep them hard because they hold us down. But I love the fact that this particular uh, coding immersive program puts empathy at the forefront. And that's why it's been resonating with me so much. So yeah, that's, that's what I have to say. Sam, what you got, man? Yeah. Um, I think what everyone's saying is super uh, impactful and important. And I appreciate all of you sharing. I think something that everyone has touched on a little bit, but read yours is the example that sticks out in my head. You said something like, and I'm paraphrasing, so I apologize, but you know, if you have empathy first, you're going to be a person that others are willing to work with and teach and build up. And I feel like empathy for me is a teacher. Like empathy is the eternal, never ending, resilient, unkillable teacher. Like if you are empathetic and I interact with you, I will always learn something which makes me interacting with you so great because I walk Mm. away changed. You walk away changed. So empathy is everything. A hundred percent asterisk subtitle (laughs) (laughs) and also an eternal teacher. Absolutely. Yes. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, this has been nothing short of amazing. My expectations have been exceeded. Yes. Read this has been sick, man. We really appreciate you taking the time out to speak with us. I, I, honestly, I, I wish we could go on for longer, but I don't want to take up too much of your time, our time. Maybe we could do a follow-up episode, but thank you so much for joining us, man. This has been really cool. If anybody has anything they'd like to add before we wrap, read if you want to give us some little closing remarks and then we'll we'll close it off. You know, I love my closing remarks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I just want to say thank you again for having me. This has been so amazing. And I, and I really do appreciate the work that you do. You know, it's not just a, again, it's not just a codesmith thing. It's not a technical, non-technical thing. It is a leadership thing. And it is a, a guiding of people by providing insight into some tough topics that maybe not everyone feels comfortable themselves speaking about, but you feel comfortable enough, you know, bringing people on and guiding those people to, to, to talk about the struggles and the highs and the lows that we all go through, regardless of our background. So, you know, thank you for, for doing this and again, letting me be a part of it. And I'm, I'm deeply honored and uh, I'm, I'm very happy. And again, humbled to say that I get to be a part 
even a small part of your growing, uh, your, your journeys and, and your growth in those journeys. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Reed. We appreciate you so much. This has been Java Unscripted. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. And I'm Sam. Take care, everyone. Thank you, Reed. Reed, thank you. Thanks. like what you heard today, let us know on Twitter at java underscore unscripted, or feel free to email us at javaunscripted at gmail.com. Additional information about today's show can be found in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. See you all next time.